This is part two of a two-part podcast. Hi, my name is Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. And so now is a good time to talk about Gilligan's. I was hoping you would. And so Gilligan's, Gilligan's are intelligent people, helpful people, lovely people. And, and it's just that they are encountering a thing. They want to help. They want to get a fire going. Um, but they have not read the directions. And they, don't have, they haven't had anybody tell them how to do it. And so they're going to make the best of it. And it's kind of like, okay, what's a Gilligan going to do? I, you know, And I kind of feel like with this one, they're going to make some mistakes, but it's, gonna, it's probably going to work out okay. Now, there was a guy that was here, and, and I'm just going to refer to him as a fuckwit. Um, because uh, he wasn't a Gilligan. Gilligan is helpful and decent. And if instruction is provided, a Gilligan will drink it in. So this guy was a Thurston Howell the third. This guy, sure, you know, this this guy. Every thirty seconds, he was. I was trying to explain to him how to start this rocket mass heater. And every thirty seconds, he would remind me that he would prefer that I stop patronizing him. He is an engineer. He knows what he is doing. Now, I've worked with engineers for decades who do not know what they're doing. They have no fucking idea, but that is their that is their song. I know what I'm doing. Yes, and I absolutely agree with you. I, there, I have had very few people that I've had more trouble getting them to understand fire dynamics than trained engineers. Right. It is unbelievable. These people do not listen. Sure, I've been teaching 15 yeah. years of rocket of workshops, rocket stoves, building workshops, you name yeah. it. The people, like professional builders, are the hardest to work with because you have to untrain them first. Yeah. <clears throat> so later, this guy went on to do more fuckwit stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say at this point, I've done the analysis, this guy's a fuckwit. Yeah. But he kept having to point out that he's an engineer. So then I proceeded to watch him as he tried to put sticks down inside the burn tunnel. I mean, I don't think we should even be talking about this guy because he's an edge case of jerkness. Okay. All right. Let's All right. not talk about Let's the jerks. Let's not talk about the jerks. Okay. So we want to talk about the Gilligans. Yeah. Good, decent wholesome people that are trying to help and it's like when they get to a batch box they're they're going to do it very poorly yeah but when they get to a j-tube system it's a little bit like whoa this you have a better chance of pulling that off this is really different yes this is really different i i either need help or I need to go look something up because it's so different. They might give it a shot. Like they're bold ones. We'll give it a shot and sometimes do well and sometimes not. Right. Well, and... I think the ones that try it usually have at least, like, seen a video or something. Like... You know, I was Airbnb my my place out. Okay. And one time I wasn't, I wasn't home when this lady showed up. She showed up, found the kitchen, found the hut, found the rocket stove, lit it, and had it charging when I walked in. I was like, oh, hi, how's it going? Let me show you how to start the stove. And I walked around, and the stove was doing great. No smoke coming out of the thing. Right. Like she, she just, like, wow, have you ever used one of these before? Oh, no, it just it seemed like I just, you know. Yeah. And I looked, and the wood's standing up the way it should stand up. It's like, Wow. Lady, you you did it. She's like, what? It's entering the zeitgeist. She just had it. She was she was she was good. You know, and I've met other people who really struggled with the thing, even after yeah. you showed them how to do it. They were like, well, but don't you lay them down? And well, my mother, who 
God rest her soul. God rest her soul, who we had explained how the rocket stove worked. She had access to the book and everything else. When she first lit the one in our house in Portland, the first thing she did is try to shove the wood down into the freaking burn tunnel so it laid flat on the bottom. Right. Now, this is a problem. This is a thing I've seen. Like, it's the number one thing I see right. that people try to do. Now, you are. It's cool to put paper down there. Right. Paper down there is cool. That's awesome. Wood, no. It's no. not. It's not designed to deal with bumping sticks, bumping into the delicate bits in there. Right. But paper, it can deal with. Right. It's and and here's where it starts getting tricky because, you know, like I've had people complain about, well, the the feed's too small because I can't get this stick down in there around the corner. And it's like, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. And then I've had other people who think that the idea is that they'll break the sticks up smaller so that they can fit them down there, and they'll they'll build basically yeah. like a little uh, fireplace fire in 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 the, the feed mean, tube. Like okay. a little, okay. like a little um, what do they call those things? Yeah, a log little, cabin fire. A little log cabin fire yeah. in the feed tube. That's so cute. I gotta point out what the fuckwit said when he was trying to. I'm standing right there, and he's trying to put the sticks down into the barn tunnel. And I'm saying that's not where they go. Don't please don't put them down there. His feedback was that is where they go. That obviously I don't know how to work the stove, but uh, uh, even we more than that, jerks. his commentary then was that this this stove, this rocket mass heater, is designed poorly <laughs> because it doesn't allow the sticks to go. It's so the, difficult to get the sticks down in there. I thought right. we were going to skip the jerks because no, 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 because I wanted to say the part about how he was saying that this that the I rocket think you just want to was this designed jerk. poorly. Well, I, th- I think a Gilligan is going to be like, oh, 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 I didn't know. Okay, I will not, I will, you know, and not a problem. But this guy wanted to point out that it was designed poorly. I don't, the well, jerks don't. This is one of those things, again, about being used to a stove fitting your existing habits. Right. And that's not just the log cabin fire or whatever you first learned. Like, a lot of people learned how to write, light a fire, and that's the fire they use for camping. That's the fire they use for every wood stove, every fireplace, whatever. Yeah. But there's also, there's, you know, probably at least six fire layouts you can do in, a, in the average box stove. And most mm. people don't know more than two of them, yeah. in my experience. And um, Six and the double variations on each. Top-down uh, variation and the bottom-up variation of the... You, you, I'm, I'm sure yeah. that some of us in this room know more than six ways to light a fire in the box stove. But <laughs> so... <laughs> um, so the other thing that's a habit for a lot of people is to have to be firmly convinced that there is one right way to light a fire and that you are the apostle of your way to light a fire that is shining a light in the darkness of everybody else's ignorance yeah. and then so you get a, around a campfire and this is where my mother's rule of if the person the person that lit the fire it's their fire mm-hmm. comes in so handy for the, this cultural aspect of fire is because people get used to you know you're in front of a fireplace and there are probably at least ten ways to light a fire in a fireplace and you got somebody telling you you know it, the, the gospel truth that this is the there's only one right way to light a fire in this fireplace, you know, and you got to do it this way. And you and you and some people it's you got to do the steps in a certain order. Or some people it's a certain arrangement you got to achieve, you know. So and and so people also kind of get used to ignoring the person over their shoulder telling them the other one right way to light a fire. Well, well and here's here's also so, something else that goes on here because oftentimes. What I find, and it isn't with the, it isn't with the engineering types. It is with the Gilligans, where they they have been taught to light a fire in a stove that has been scandalized, so that it would burn the way their grandparents thought it should burn. It's so like the roast pan things thing. things like one of our friends fills his stove halfway full of ash to close off all of the air air inputs the the around the bottom of his uh, of his his he, his he fills store his bot- stove halfway with ash because it allows him to bank a log and smolder a log overnight oh and the stove yeah. that he owns is designed to have enough air coming in even when you crank down the adjustable air that'll burn clean that's what you have to do to pass the EPA regs these days 
And so if you if your grandparents grew up on airtight stoves and they taught you how to run a stove, and you're going to struggle with a certified modern wood stove that won't let you do that until you you know it reinvents some dirty tricks that'll let you burn that thing dirty. Yeah, and that and, um, and people and and there's some value to that kind of cultural transmission. There's a lot of valuable skills that do get passed down because people are stubborn enough to remember what their grandfather said and defend it against all comers. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, I've I've also watched two college-educated cousins sit there. Oh, Jesus Christ! One of them kneel down in front of the fireplace and start working on trying to get the fire lit, while the other one sits in the armchair and tells them how to do it. Twenty minutes later, there's still like one little wisp of smoke and no fire, and they switch places. And now the, the other one's sitting on the left in the armchair, telling the one that's just been giving all the advice. Right. The, one that, the advice giver's on the floor working on the fire. Yeah. The failed fire maker is giving advice. It took and enough time for me to bake a ham. <laughs> like, so finally Ernie comes in from the kitchen and, like, does something to the fire and walks back into the kitchen. And it's like, one, two, three, poof. And now there's flames. Mm. It's like, like, I don't know whether it was just like the hot air was too far away from the fire and it wasn't, you know. <laughs> now, while we're on the topic of starting fire with this ridiculous amount of kindling that apparently all three of you now love to do, um, I gotta the say. Thing is, it doesn't. It's not a ridiculous amount. We'll call that subjective. I can and use relative. like, like the same amount of kindling that I would size as the pasta serving to to make pasta. Like you know, what you use like a quarter size. It's a bunch one of pasta to serve people. Fire. Yes. I don't stand over the, the my fireplace with a propane torch and blast it like you do. Oh yeah, I that use propane torch is cool. One <laughs> one match. Or actually I keep a lighter in my pocket at all times. So one flick of the lighter and we're going and, and nothing's gonna stop it. Okay. So I just want to share my technique. So step one is that all year long, next to the recycling, there's a paper sack, and and it's marked burnables. And so um, all of the little cardboard containers and little bits of paper towels and whatever else all all go into uh, this paper sack, and including the the little bits of paper that are used to uh, uh, clean the cast iron pans. They got oil on them. And then there's also uh, the little butter wrappers. And so there's butter wrappers oh, in there. They fire good. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So then, uh, and then there's like, you know, the, the little cardboard thing that the four butter things came in. And then there's like cardboard boxes that who knows what are food. Then you got mice in. rooting around in your thing looking for all those butter wrappers because they love that flavor. Well, we don't have that problem. But the the important thing is is we save all the stuff up and then we have too much of it. We have way too much of it. So what I do is is that um, when I go to uh, start a fire, I take all the cardboardy like pieces and put those in first, and those go back under the riser. And then I I put the uh, and I also put them at the bottom of the wood feed. So there's a good uh, three to four inch layer along the bottom of the whole burn tunnel, including the wood feed of of cardboardy like things. And I put the more papery like things on top of that next. So I've got like one inch gap blasphemer between all this paper and and the the top of of the wood feed. Wow. Paul not, really likes then, the lots of paper approach because he feels like it's it sounds easier. Hanging like, is too good for it. And so I got all this paper, and and then I go and I grab just regular sticks off the wood pile, not kindling, just regular sticks. That's because you're using twelve pounds of paper. Exactly. Exactly. And a propane torch. And I've a propane got, torch. And a propane torch. And I've got, but I've got, wait, I mean, pour in some gasoline too, man. So, yeah. so I've got so much paper because I only start a fire like generally through the winter every other day. And it's like I still have way too much paper saved up from over the summer. That's not the stove's part. That's your fault. Figure so, out how to do something with so, it. You need a wood fired pizza oven to burn all so, the paper. Yeah. Now, hey, I let you guys describe your way of starting a rock and mess eater. So this is, it's time for you. It's time for you. To shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. <laughs> All right. 
So I got all this, this, this way too much paper in there. Way too much paper in there. I love you think the microphone then. is way over there like Maya. Yeah, okay. Here's, I'm going to go, I'm going to take the microphone, go all the way into the next room to finish this. So, all right, so I got way too much paper in there, a ridiculous amount of paper, which turns out to still be not enough. Because Jocelyn's like we've we've got we're we're to the end of the winter we still have six sacks of paper that still need to be burned and so now wait just just shush shush no no shut up shut the fuck up shut the fuck up okay. So I get the wood, I set the wood next to it, and then I take this awesome propane torch, which works. It's a cool design because you just turn it on and you hit the little switch and flame comes out. You don't have to fuck around with lighting it and stuff like that. And it will work just as well upside down as right side up. So I turn it upside down and I light the fire that is uh, nearest to the riser. Um, and it gets, it starts to burn. And then once it's burning, then, uh, then I start putting the rest of the wood on top. And then you'll notice that near the, the paper thing there, I've got what I call my little bucket of, uh, magic fairy dust, which is just the stuff that's swept up off the floor when you chop up the wood. And I just put a little sprinkling of that in there on top of, on top of the sticks. And, um, that has been like a, a solid universal start. And I never had to make any kindling. Now, I want to show you uh, my finger where the fingernail is all deformed from the many times that I've enhanced it with a hatchet while making kindling. And so it's kind of like... The trick is to get your finger out of the way before the axe hits the wood. Right, which I usually do. And it turns out that I've done so much kindling that there have been a couple of times it didn't quite work out as planned. We need to make you a wood-fired bread oven or pizza oven or something so you can burn all that paper without blowing ash down into the guts of your rocket See, that's the thing is is for the five years prior to, to finally coming around to the, the matchstick kindling camp, I, too, had collections of junk mail and every other kind of paper. And I would tend to keep the grease wrappers separate from all that so I could keep the mice out of them. But, so I'd, I'd finish the winter, and I'd still have, you know, a good couple of grocery sacks full of junk mail. And so I'd pick a day, and I would just burn that instead of wood. And I would just burn all the junk mail, and when the stove stopped drawing so good because of all the ash that I just sent halfway down its guts, <laughs> shut it down, let it cool all the way, and then that was the time that we did the spring cleaning on the stove. I just get the shop back out, vacuum out all the ash, got rid of my junk mail, didn't use wood that day. And now that you don't do that, you don't have to clean it, but once every two years well, or three. Well, they, they opened a recycling center in town, so I can like <laughs> drive half an hour and have let them turn that paper with all the clay in it for the printers back into printer paper, which is a pretty good use for well, it. Well, I, I use like one sheet of newspaper mm-hmm. to start my stove, which and, is, which is twice ready. as much as Yanto Evans uses. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. but but to be fair, I've got this massive pile of cardboard yeah, and don't. paper and trash that I'm not taking to the damn recyclery that that I've been waiting for a, a couple rainy days to make it safe to have a fire inside my oven at home so I can use the bread oven to burn my massive pile. <laughs> I mean, it's a big pile of cardboard and recycling and paper and those... The butter wrappers and all that. The, the paper grocery sacks that break when I'm trying to fit yeah, too many groceries in, I think we usually get three fire starts out of one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah? Now you guys, I think you have to admit that starting a fire with the propane torch is fun. Yeah. This is true. This is true. Yeah. yeah. And and like that propane torch that's up there, it's got that you know tank that came with it. I think that that is now four years old, and it still has propane in it. It's the original propane. Once once those things get to the point that they're empty, we switch them out for those little stubby tanks. And here all this time, and here I was gonna actually shame you and say that you're responsible for at least one degree of global warming. 
You want to know what's even more fun than starting a rocket stove with a propane torch? What? Using a propane torch to start a fire made out of magnesium turnings in a hole in a block of dry ice. Oh, hell yes. And then you put another block of dry ice on top. It's best to do this outdoors or in a fume hood because it'll spit magnesium sparklers everywhere. But um, then you have a glowing block of ice that's on fire inside. That's so cool. And it, 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 it contributes significantly more to global warming than starting a butter wrapper that way. So, I, I know. Here I'm just bullshitting this guy because you should see how we clean the barrels to make our rocket stuff. In the first place. Okay, now for, the, for the, the, uh, the, the big topic I wanted to cover, the reason why we're having this podcast today is that there is an edge case where uh, Ernie and I were talking about this earlier this summer. And um, uh, Ernie, Ernie took a position, and I, I believe I agree with him, and I shared it with Donkey, and Donkey does not agree. And, and it's kind of like, and it has to do with bash box systems. And so I, I kind of feel like it's plausible that it'll go either way, and it's, it's, it's speculation at this point. But the point is, um, a J-tube system uses less wood than a batch box. And Ernie's nodding his head and and Donkey's shaking his head. Erica seems resolved to stay out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A fire burns the amount of wood you put in it. So, like... That's going to be a big fat... It depends. How much heat goes out the chimney? Um, Depends on how warm it is and how the mass is and like oh yeah i mean we can make all of these rocket mass heaters more efficient and put less exhaust outside or less heat out the exhaust right except then it's more difficult to light them yeah and so at some point you reach your own personal tolerance for how how much of a hassle do you want it to be in order to squeeze out one more percentage of a point on it the efficiency clever you do something called a bypass which heats up the chimney, and then you flip the bypass. So which is, I want which to is specifically a more efficient way to put more heat out the chimney. I want to strongly advise that. <laughs> I want to strong. I want to strongly advise that nobody puts a bypass in their system. Oh yeah, I have specific systems that I'll use them on for specific reasons. Yeah, and this is where we're going to get into the strong disagreement. Because so I'm not done with the first one. Okay. Yeah. And well, so I was, I was going to argue oh, with the first one. But go ahead and finish, finish your spiel. Okay. The, All right. The, All right. The bullshit spiel. And then I'll lay it out the way it is. Oh. <laughs> so a batch box, of course, is capable of burning five times more wood at once. And when people have a batch box, they will. Now, this is also assuming that people will use a batch box correctly, which I think so far... It's like, well, Peter Vandenberg will use it correctly. And Donkey believes he'll use it correctly. Um, you know, okay, Ernie's thinking that he will use it correctly. So, um, okay, sure, sure, sure. Point it. And he's pointing at me saying, I will not use it correctly. <laughs> what? You're thinking Jeremy is a better chance of using it correctly than me. I think I have a better chance of training him how to do it at this point than you. <laughs> <laughs> that was just fucking me. I can be me. Fuck. That's mean to me. <laughs> All right. It is, it is true that Paul has spent some time in the engineering world as well. No, I think that's true, but at least, you know, I, I would like to think that I may be an engineer who is going to listen, listen to direction. I mean, I remember the first time that I got to, the first day I saw a rocket mass heater in action. Yes. It, I, I made do. It, we? Yeah, <laughs> I made it painfully difficult as I peppered you guys with questions. And there were a lot of points that I had a hard time understanding. Get but the fuck I out of did, my way. <laughs> I did come around. So, but I, and I, you know, all right, setting, setting that day aside, <laughs> on the table is, okay, you're, you're going to um, uh, run a fire with five times more wood. And and I think it's it's you can't say that there's five times more heat going out the chimney, but there is more heat going out the chimney. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. That's the thing is that if it's built, if oh. the mass and the if the mass is balanced with the feed box, it's gonna yes. it's it's not gonna put out too so much more heat. That's right. The thing is, 
with an 8-inch, you're talking about calories and how much the mass can, how many calories the mass can soak up. Yeah. And so with batch box, and, and this is where we were talking about it earlier in the summer, with a batch box, you've got all of these calories trying to go in all at once. And usually the mass is not balanced to the, to the firebox, it's balanced to the building. So this is how much room I have, but I want a batch box. So I've got a nine foot bench on the, on the back of an eight inch batch box, and I've, I've made the eight inch batch box four cubic feet of space on the inside. I'm gonna fill that entire space up with wood, even if you run it right. I'm gonna fill that entire space up with wood with two inches all the way around it. You light that sucker, and you're using too much wood. And but, a lot of heat is going up the and, chimney. And most of the heat is going up the but chimney. Wait, but wait, 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 wait. If you have too okay. small a mass on any stove. Okay, so that. if you're balancing the mass with the stove, yeah. if I'm putting five times as much wood in as you put in in a J tube, all I have to do is put it in once, not five times. That's true. And um, the transference of heat is most efficient when the difference in temperature is greatest. True. So if I put it in once, and it runs once, the transfer of heat will be more efficient for that one motion in time. If I put it in slowly, five loads instead, as those five loads burn, the mass will be less efficient at taking that heat up the further down the road I go with it. So if I balance the mass with the firebox and I only load it the one time, I'll actually lose less heat out the chimney. But <clears throat> you got to do it well and you got to do it right. If you get the balance wrong, then yeah, you're right. But it's 6,000 BTUs per pound of wood is what you get to use. All right, we're just tossing the thousand. They say 7,000 BTUs. Yeah, but, but yeah, we all know, you know, and you're not. And there's, and there's a lot of <clears throat> variables. So six thousand BTUs per pound of wood, right? Okay. Okay. So, well, I just laid it out. I don't need to say it again. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, no, yeah. I could put, I could put five loads, the equivalent of five loads in one batch rocket burn. But we're just going to accept that to be the number because we haven't gone and measured it. I think when you're talking about actually collecting all six thousand. BTUs instead of sending them out the chimney or instead of using them to boil water out of the wet wood that you've got stored outside your woodshed because your woodshed is not big enough for all the wood you burn. Like, the difference between a batch box and a J-style rocket mass heater is, you know, for my house, maybe it would be on the order of whether I might use a cord and a half versus a cord and a quarter or something like that. Whereas if I was using a non-thermal mass heater, if I was using a thin-walled wood stove, I'd be using anywhere from um, 3 to 15 cords, depending on how badly I use that wood stove. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that's over a range of different <coughs> houses, like, like a range of different specific examples of, of you know, some people used a quarter of the wood when they put their mass heater in. Some people use a tenth. Some people uh, go from filling the propane tank every year, sometimes more than once a year, to four years before they have to fill it again and they still haven't run out of propane. You know, it's just like, so it's, you know, the math The math is, is not exactly the same for every house or every situation, but um, just looking at the numbers on the testometers, what's the temperature coming out of the chimney depends a lot on how you build the mass and how you build that heat collector um what's the exhaust coming out how clean is it yeah you can tweak the stove so that it burns really 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 clean or just sort of cleaner than any wood stove you've ever seen um but how it's operated is going to affect that more than the stove okay. like there's a bigger difference between operators than there is between those two types of rocket stove yeah so what we have to all admit at this point 
is that that whole batch rocket suck thing, I just kicked it so hard in the nuts that it's in your throat, baby. So you're, you're saying that batch, <laughs> batch rockets do suck. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> batch sucks. Batch rockets suck so good that you want one. <laughs> I, I do agree that because it's the latest and greatest, people are like all glomming on, like I'm gonna do batch, and I've never done a J tube. So let me let me go all the like, way back when here. We, okay. When we got to about this point at, at the fire hall meeting, everybody just kind of walked out, and that's how we knew we were done with training that night. <laughs> okay. Let me let me let me just. <laughs> First off, if you're gonna build a batch box, build a J tube first. Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah. Okay. And if you're going to build a J-tube, build it in your yard first. Yeah. And if you're going to build a J-tube, build one outside first so you can play with it. Okay? And then play with it. Mm. Okay? And then build the batch box because you got to understand how it works before you can use it efficiently. And it's much harder to get right than a J-tube. Exactly. A J-tube is pretty damn forgiving if it's built by the the instructions we have in the book is a generic. I, I mean, it's what Donkey and I worked up, and and fifteen years ago. Yeah, um, it is a generic as generic a wood stove a, a rocket stove as you can get. Well, and the nice thing about a J-tube is you don't actually have to cut the bricks to build it, so you can take the bricks you've got, build the J-tube, play with the bricks. If you actually like it, you can buy the tools you need to build the bash box. Cool, and, and they're so they're so forgiving that yeah. you can screw up ten different ways and they're still going to run fine. The J-style, you mean? Yeah, the J-style. The J-style. You cannot screw up in one way at all and have with a bash box that works well. Yeah. Yeah, the batch box is very delicate. The numbers have to be perfect. Yeah, you got to do it right. And, yeah, and and it's like uh, if you've never built one before, you're probably going to cut some corner somewhere. It's going to botch the whole thing. I, Again, build I, it outside first. I have seen some J styles that were screwed up enough that they were dangerous. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah totally. And, I've, I've, and I even um, made one. Yeah, I've, I've helped. Well, I made them on purpose just to find out how to do well, it. Well, this one, but I did them outside. This wasn't on purpose, and it was installed, and we made it. We made sure that the people that had it knew that it was an experiment, and they were responsible enough to keep an eye on it and know that it was an experiment. Okay, and it distilled creosote. And you know, every so often you're going to have it, but that was one. Okay, and it was, we were sketchy about it already when we put it in. It is on the margin. And the reason why it distills creosote is because it is so close to the margin. When it's operating and it's burning full on, there's no creosote getting distilled. But it's ramp up and it's ramp down in those 15 minutes will make creosote. And you've got to burn this damn stove for a long time to heat eight tons of concrete. Yeah, ridiculous. You're talking about the yeah. one with yeah. 14 elbows. Yeah. So a batch box system can be as efficient as a J-tube system. It can be more. Provided I will not endorse that in any way, shape, or form. So, okay, but you, you've got to get the mass to be set up correctly to go with the batch box system. And, now, and if you take that same mass and you run it with a J-tube system, then it's possibly that um, the mass will extract so much heat that you won't have any heat left over to be able to take it up out of the chimney. Now, of course, if you run the vertical exhaust right next to the barrel, that might mitigate it. Nope, it'll only take up so much. That's one of the things that I keep having having to show people. You cannot defy the physics. You can stretch the rule, but you can't break the rule. This is like saying what's more efficient. I'd like to talk to you about the rule because I have an idea, Ernie, and I want you to shoot it full of holes. This is like saying what's what's the most efficient, a freight train or a Prius. It's like they do completely different jobs. If you need to move freight, you're probably not going to use a Prius. If you need to, to... do a speaking tour, you're probably not going to be able to do it on a freight train unless it's set up in really weird venues. Which is how they used to do it. (laughs) Right. But it's just like they they both are very efficient in their category. 
but they do different jobs. So I want to I want to take something that was said earlier, and I want to expand it. And I believe that a person should not attempt to build a batch box rocket mass heater until they have built 10 J-tube systems. Ernie's nodding his head. Donkey's nodding his head. Eric is staying out of this. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a <clears throat> dozens of different kinds of masonry heaters, and it's entirely possible you got people out there that have been doing this for years that don't need to go through the J-tube path to reach the batch box experiment. So if we put the word novice in there, yeah. you say... If you're a novice and you want to build a rocket mass heater, build a J-tube first. You build it in your yard. Find out why it doesn't work. Build it again, etc. Until it does. I don't. Then put it in your I house. I don't think there's a specific number of J-tubes that will teach you how to weld and properly install a secondary air feed. Well, right. I'm just you know, saying. It's just like if you're it's a, a different novice. skill set. But mm. but I mean, you're, the J the rocket mass the the J-tube is going to be easier to build, and you might get an idea about that whole weird Are horizontal heat riser. the bricks into the angles you need. It's no, just like it's a different no, it's just, skill set, different tools, different it's just level of precision. your head around that horizontal fire riser turbulence thing. Yeah. That and and that's the thing is that that's where so a lot as, of as opposed to going straight to batch box from a wood stove and having no freaking clue what a heat right. riser is. Yeah, no clue. Okay. It's just, you know, you, you kind of you see this thing burning in a way that you didn't know was possible. It's like watching somebody go in there and plaster the inside of their freaking firebox. I'll give you an right? alternative. Yeah. If you think you already have the skills to build a batch box and you don't need to go through boot camp Make your first one out of ceramic glass and take a look at it from the inside out. Yeah, okay. And still build it outside. Yeah. Still build it, yeah, yeah, still build it outside. outside. But Even it's if just you're like, a masonry heater builder, build yeah, it outside. Yeah, I mean, there are, yeah, each of, well, every, every type of masonry heater has its own rules of thumb and its own proportions and its own history. Um, and the people who built more than one kind understand that. And the people who are building their first one and studying more than one kind don't. Damn it, Erica, always the voice of moderation, logic, reason, reason. I'm sorry, it's boring. I what were you saying about nuts? <laughs> <laughs> I think that the batch box rocket mass heater is ruining the name rocket mass heater. Nonsense. And and I think it's because there have been so many batch boxes because it's like the last several years since batch box came along so many people are trying and failing miserably and so they're like all rocket mass heaters are shit because of this attempt because at a batch box system without having first done the J-tube systems. Evolution then the next thing is the Gilligan factor idiot. and then there's also the whole thing about here's a here's a rocket mass heater and it turns to be a batch box that doesn't have a fucking door. Or the other thing is is like they go to build a rocket mass heater in a weekend but they decide to go with a batch box and they're like pissed off because it's two weeks later and it still isn't fucking done. You know, if you try to idiot-proof everything, evolution will create a better idiot. Evolution has created a better idiot. You know, and, and all, all in, I believe <laughs> that Batchbox is making it difficult for rocket mass heaters to move forward because and of I the failures that's, in that space. I, and I think that's nonsense. I, don't, I really think that's nonsense. But Erica is about to say something reasonable, and I think we should give her space. I um, just remember you, you being all excited and saying batch boxes were probably the future of rocket mass heaters. Yes. And yeah. and I can there's certainly a future for them. I mean, looking at some of the stuff that IDL has done with with uh, yeah. you know if you're if you're paying for labor on these things, and your your mason already has the equipment he needs to provide that labor at a professional level the difference between a few hundred dollars for capping slab versus a few tens of dollars for a barrel and the difference in the aesthetics that you can do <coughs> with some of the, um, you know, the, the batch box gives you the fire TV option. It gives you, you know, it gives you some aesthetic options that the, you know, the, the rocket mass heater J-Style has sort of evolved as the poor man's masonry heater because that's what the need was. And some of the stoves that are happening in Eastern Europe right now, the batch rockets that are happening in Eastern Europe, and and where it gets bloody cold, and they don't really have a lot of fuel and stuff, 
Um, they're spectacular, and they're doing it really, really well. Yeah, but you're also talking about a bunch of guys that were tradesmen that were building masonry stoves. Yeah. They're also not novices. I know, that's true. Well, that's, that's where Peter's... Peter started the training as a masonry heater builder, and then he went into high-end form work instead of building masonry heaters. Right, it's just batch rockets but, are not a novice toy. Yeah, they're not. A, they're not a they're novice. They're not a toy project. for novices, and some novices go to build a batch rocket and fail, and then say that they're crap. Well, that's that's you know that's user error. That's not because batch rockets are crap. Right. It's not batch rockets giving rocket stoves a bad name. It's novices who are idiots giving batch rockets a bad name. Right. And, and you know, you can't solve for that. <laughs> you were you were aren't you the one that said that <clears throat> only in the field of rocket mass heaters are there people making improvements to the design before they've even built the first one. That's true. Because everybody who I've ever met who looks at a rocket mass heater, the J tube ones, yeah, and goes cool. That's the first thing that comes out of their mouth is cool. Yeah. Right. The other ones are like eh, whatever. Those people we're not talking about. We're talking about the people who say cool. The second thing that comes out of their mouth is I bet I could better that. Which is what we all did. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. True. <laughs> <laughs> and when we started saying that, it was true. Fifteen years later, after hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people mm-hmm. have said that and done that and made them better, it's not true anymore. Like, maybe, but I doubt it. And right. instead, what you're going to do is you're going to fuck it up. Because you're not going to better it. Because we all fucked it up. You're going to make a freak show of flaming death. Right. So so I don't, can't tell you how many freak shows of flaming death I built before I built the rocket mass heater that was like what you see today as the working model. Okay. I, I want to I wanna add a little frosting to that. Because when and we started, they simply didn't work. I just want to say, I think, <laughs> I think that the rocket mass, the best rocket mass heaters that we have right now have tons of room for optimization. Like we're just getting started. It's hard. Yeah. No. I mean, we are. We are. I mean, if you want to look like the Model T Ford, we're kind of at the point where the cars reliably go where they're going, and you don't have to get out and turn the crankshaft. Look, when you go with a with we this stove right here, if you put a testo in its exhaust up there yeah. and you ran the thing and you looked at the testo, you'd get an efficiency of an average of 93%. Well, I, I hope that this one Maybe is even a little 98. Higher. Well, 98 is the theoretical maximum. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to say, let's just pretend. Sure. Because my batch rocket down there, the funky one that I made out of mud and poop, yeah. That one gets not an average of 93%. Okay. Okay. And I know that I could build that one better. Yeah. Okay. But I made some compromises because, it, anyway. So that thing runs at an average efficiency of 93%. Okay. The UL listed ones that are coming out of laboratories are getting an average efficiency of 80 some odd percent, like in real numbers, not in what they write on the stupid ticket. Yeah, right. they add 16% to the ticket. Yeah, exactly. So let's forget all that. They're actually getting 83%. If we put the same Testo up their pipe, we're going to get 83% at best. Okay. okay. And that's with their best ones. Right. And our stoves are built by a bunch of dirt hippies, mm-hmm. right, out of mud and sticks and things. Right? So I think we're doing pretty good. Well, and that's the, that's 93% is what the Testo registers while the stove is running? Yeah. Compared to what a stove that's that must be run continuously to provide heat continuously registers? Yeah. That's, that's the thing. I mean, you can nitpick about efficiency and try to get from 93 to 97. <clears throat> and that's great for the... You know, two hours that you're running it. Right, and then, but like and the, the other 22 hours a day that the mass is running the stove with no wood in it, like that's that's the efficiency margin by which we're beating your average wood stove. Right, right, right. right. But I'm just saying, like, just the moment, just while it's running, we're running cleaner than them. Just and when it's, it's running, not running, running the heat's still coming out of it, and so we're actually beating them on that by like a huge margin. But but okay, the point that I'm trying to make is that okay, sure. We could do some optimization, some shaving, and make it hold some more heat. And, like, there's a lot of things I could do to that. But your average 
guy who the first thing out of his mouth says, cool. Yeah. And then this is a perfect novice. And the second thing out of dude's mouth is, I can better that. The answer is, nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Yeah. I mean, unless unless you've done it for a while, no. Or you're a super genius, or you get really, really lucky. No. Because, no. I, yeah. Because think, right now, any of the changes that we make to make these things more... more like the trick wire and the P, P channel and all of that stuff... The margins of efficiency that we're creating mean nothing to the average user. Right. They will never see that efficiency. Well, this kind of gets in that whole thing of like, mm-hmm. I think that acceptance for rocket mass heaters would be 10 times more than what it is if my message, and you guys have warned me about this many times, if my message to the greater world was heat your home with half the wood, I think we'd have. 10 times more acceptance. But when I say heat your home with one-tenth the wood, right. it's fucking true. But people are, but like, people are like, bullshit. You know, you're lying. Bunch of fucking lies. I don't lies. have to listen to you because you guys are all oh, stupid. Oh, yeah, you're and that's lying. Stuff. I mean, that's, that's, that's... You're clearly lying. That's exactly what I've been told. You're lying. Yeah. And I have taken that person and built a J-tube out in the backyard and showed them how the fire works, and then I take them into the building... I mean, my dad, this is the way my dad was, he could not, for the longest time, could not get it. Yeah. And this man has worked with fire his entire life. He right. is an engineer, and not the kind of engineer who sits at a computer all day and tells people how to do their jobs. He's the kind of engineer who makes the engine on the boat keep going, whether or not he has the parts, and no matter how many thousands of miles he is from where the parts can be ordered to. So so we're talking to somebody who's got a lot of experience at it, and for the longest time, he did not believe me at all. And then I gave him a pocket rocket. I I gave him the instructions for a pocket rocket in his shop, and he built his first pocket rocket because he didn't have a wood stove to put in there, right? So this is the secret. He didn't have a wood stove, (laughs) an extra wood stove sitting in the barn so he could put it in his wood shop. So... He put he, he wanted something cheap, so he built a pocket rocket. And he followed my directions because he'd never seen it before. And then he sat there and fed it about a half a pallet of wood. Four by four by four by four. Oh, shit. <clears throat> Seriously. He must have melted it. No, he melted the wall. <laughs> well, and let's remember, pocket rockets are not rocket stoves. Right. All right. So he, he, he built a pocket rocket. But the thing about a pocket rocket is it has some of the same characteristics. It uses that... <clears throat> it has features in common. It has features in common. It uses that, that J-tube and everything else. But that was his way of going in there, and what he was doing is learning how the damn flow worked. Then when he built the J-tube, he had an idea about what he was doing. Yeah. And now he understood what I was talking about when I said the fire goes sideways. Yeah. You know, so this is why I, most of the time, Eric and I pad the number for how much wood we burn. And we pad it quite heavily, simply because... People won't believe it. People won't believe it, and they don't believe... I, I mean, look at look at the, the response when we took it to the scientists. Yeah. Right? So the, the numbers we get are muddy, too. We have friends that have two wood stoves and a fireplace. They stop using the fireplace, and they put in a rocket mass heater. Now they have two wood stoves and a rocket mass heater. They went from eight cords of wood a year to two cords of wood a year. So, like, how do you estimate how much less they're using the other two wood stoves in order to use the rocket mass heater and figure out what part of that like right to quarter the wood squishy math and it's really squishy math to figure out like you want to give the rocket mass heater credit for being what it is like like it just subtracted six cords of wood and yet it's burning wood it's like Ask a cat. <laughs> because the cat's going to be sitting in the warmest, yummiest place in the house. Mm-hmm. And if the cat spins, if there's a really furry, worn-in spot on the rocket mass heater, that's the, what they're using. <laughs> and that is what they're using. So And the cat will not lie. Um, our friend Tyler, who helped with that um, 
catalog to get more. Rocket oven. Rocket, the rocket ovens DVD. They built a couple of rocket mass heaters and some cabins that never had heat when they were working way out in the woods. And the cat wouldn't get off the rocket mass heater while it was still wet mud. So he'd, like, get up and his fur would be all, like, soaked on one side. But it was, like, the first time he'd been warm in, like, forever. It's cop cat. <laughs> it was, he didn't, it didn't actually stick to his fur because it was, like, the plaster was a pretty good plaster. But he's just, like, damp. <laughs> but, yeah, but this, this is cat. This is the hard like part. Like, I do passive solar design with cats, too. Yeah. This is the hard part is that, <laughs> is, is... When you talk about the actual numbers we get, right? If you take the testometers and you try to talk about the actual numbers, this is one of the problems with with when uh, short shit took it to Washington D.C. Okay. Well, it's because the machines aren't designed. The machines aren't even. The machines are not designed to test our gear. The observations that were being made. I mean, the people were coming up to him after the thing that had the super efficient stoves that won the freaking deal are coming up to him after the thing and asking him questions about the rocket stove because it's more efficient than what they're using. But but because their gear isn't and their their setup isn't designed to test our gear. Right. They, yeah. It's that apples was, to oranges. That, that was we, Matt. we couldn't like, win. Yeah, like he that's was Matt. told we would have to write a new <laughs> testing protocol. In order for the EPA to approve that protocol, in order to get an EPA-approved test of a stove that runs the way the J2 runs, because it doesn't burn enough wood that you can run the wood stove test on it. You can't burn it at the two rates. Like, like you run a wood stove yeah. test at three different rates. You can't the, the top two rates you can't burn at. And the only reason you can do the lower rate is it's lower than X, and we're way lower than that number. But it does fit in that lowest burn rate category. But you can't do the other two burn rates, so you can't safety test it for clearances because you can't get it to burn enough wood to pass the test. Well, you, you could know. if it was a batch rocket. I mean, maybe you build a uh. giant one. Anyway, um, <laughs> You'd have and to then for the, the masonry heater <laughs> testing protocol is designed for a batch burn masonry back. heater. And you, so you, you put the wood in, you shut the door, and you burn a charge of wood. And a J-tube. I guess you could call a small load of wood a, a charge, but um, the, the cycles are off. Masonry heaters of that scale usually burn for four hours. Right. And so they don't turn the test on until partway into the burn cycle, so you get to measure the clean middle of the burn. Mm-hmm. And by that time, we're basically done with that first load of wood in the, the J-style, so you're measuring embers for four hours after our fire goes out. And that's not really a good way to get an efficiency test on the stove. Right. And then we, we've already right. stored the heat. We, this yeah, is about Batchbox. Anyway. I think we've done a great job of pointing out how Batchbox is awesome. Let's, let's leave it for the experts only. Yeah. Um, and uh, because it's like, it, it does seem to me like there's way too many people that are very first rocket mass heater and, and they've decided to do Batchbox. And I just I just think that that's a terrible idea. Terrible idea. And, I, and, and we're not only that, but it's like I think it's ruining the name of rocket mass heaters. Is there's yep. all these rocket mass heaters that are out there that are not finished that people accidentally start and it just smokes well, up the place. Well, sure. It doesn't have a door and it's not finished, but they're like, oh, it's a rocket mass heater. Yeah. But the other thing is, is like rocket mass heaters can be built in a day and a half. As has been demonstrated over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again, and in fact, pebble style can be built in less than a day, uh, as we've demonstrated many times here. Um, but the bottom line is, is that the batch box stuff—it's like even with the casserole door, which, by the way, our casserole doors have been exploding. <laughs> the um, one on Peter's letterbox stove did explode twice, I think. Twice, yeah. But the one on the smaller stove, has has it ever had a problem? I the one that we're staying three, with? We've lost three. On, on the, the cyclone? On the cyclone. Wow. Yeah. I mean, one, and one thing you got to be really careful of is not to come in wet and drip on it while it's hot. Because it's heat shock Which is people what people are going to do. Heat right. shock is what blows those things it's up. Kind of like well, then get rid of the glass piece really and make nicely a piece of shaped metal. to fall in the toilet. No, don't make me some <laughs> Why? Because that glass gets hot enough that if you make a piece of metal, they're gonna it's, you're gonna warp it or whatever because it's a shape. Well, I mean, use something different. Use like a piece of cast right. iron. Right. Use something, something different. Cast iron. A stone. Um, you could use a, a big, rock. Yeah. Big piece of stone. But. Right. But, you know, if the glass keeps blowing up because of heat shock, but, then get rid of the well, glass. Of, something I'm, else. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that it's, this is the quibbles, right? This is, this is 
and, and it happens with the batch box and it happens with the JTube. The reason why we can amicably argue about the batch box and the JTube is that at the level that we that, that <laughs> the people that you have in this room are working at, with the exception of one, because I have no idea what his experience is. He hasn't spoken up and said anything. It's but as far trip. as the four was, of us... I didn't know I was allowed to. Yes. Jeremy, you're allowed to speak! You're in the room. You can interrupt if but, you want to. But amongst <laughs> the four of us, think about this. We're talking quibbles yeah. in no. many of our stuff. Yeah. No, I, hold I on. have 12 me, rocket mass heaters, and let, all my problems come from the back right, system. Right. But let me... Let me mm. We're talking about quibbles until we start talking about the Gilligan factor. Yeah. Right? The rest of it is quibbles. Now, here's the thing. The Gilligan factor, if people will get a professional in to help them build the matchbox so that it is done right with the with the, with, with the proper measurements and things like that because that is the critical part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is America, and some people think that professional just means you're asking for money. Well, and really you are. I'm sorry, we're totally interrupting you, but but let's be fair. The batch, I mean, the, 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 the rocket mass heater was invented so that any fool could build it for less than 100 bucks, and our nearest competitor is starts at $10,000. Right. So when you build a batch rocket mass heater, mm-hmm. you're starting the inch back up in price again between the five and the ten thousand dollar range. You're right. building you're building a professional stove again. Right. Right? And so, that's the thing. And that's the real deal there. And to be fair, like I've been the, the, the guy who's saying, Oh no, batch rockets are great. Batch rockets and they are great. But you know, we really have a lot of work to do in well, order to iron out the Gilligan factor because it's true. Right, they're there's, they're touchy. You got to get them just right. There's you know. So what we're doing is we're actually building a rocket mass heater that's starting to approach that professional range again. When the things were actually rocket mass heaters are made for peasants to build for themselves for a hundred bucks or free, not ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars. Right, and even so when you fair. hire us for a, for a J two rocket for a rocket mass heater. Workshop. I mean, come on. Let's let's get this down. Erica and I are the people who wrote the book. Yeah. I'm one of the people who proved all of the all of the dimensions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we proved Donkey the and I proved flows. I mean, and, and between the two of us that are sitting here, we were the ones who started the ball on this, and neither one of us charges what. Our students, well, let me loosely phrase this: what people think that have that that like, like I've seen a lot of workshops, you but can't we don't money. charge enough money. Not nearly. We we don't charge what they're charging because the the J two rocket stove is built is designed to be built by people who need it, not assholes that don't. That's right. And we can't <clears throat> conscious. Um, yeah, I started teaching natural building workshops because I did not want to build um, uh, uh, status symbols for rich jerks. Yeah. So I started teaching natural building rocket, I mean, natural building and rockets mass heater workshops so that the common person could right. build it for themselves. Right, but you right? got to be able to, and, and here's the thing: you got to be able to make a living at it when you're doing it full time, which is what we've been doing. However, comma, this is the this is the this is the thing is that when you want this high-end stove that's that's delicate that has little trippy things, it's going to cost you some freaking money. I, I can't even start my engine for less than five thousand dollars anymore. Right. I can't. I can't even turn. I can't turn the key. If you're not going to give me five bill five k. Right. I can't even come to your house. You are the only exception. Me. He's pointing at me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, like you. And this is the reality of it. We're at the top of the game. We're the ones who wrote the book and things like that. We get called stupid and everything else. Everybody thinks they can do it better. Yeah. They go out and they try to do it, 
it fuck up it fucks up on them unless they follow the instructions that they were given to do it right when we're the ones who wrote the goddamn instructions. To the letter. Right. And, and when they fail, they blame rocket mass heaters in general. That's right, right there's the deal. Right. It doesn't matter if it's a if it's a batch box rocket mass heater or a J tube rocket mass heater, because the number of assholes who who sit there and scream at me about you don't need to put insulation around it. Yeah. <laughs> or mean, build is, or build a metal J tube. Right. This is one of the reasons and why I insulated. don't get on the net anymore. Because I get so fucking frustrated yeah. reading the reading the rocket mass heater stuff because it's like, look, guys, I gave you the goddamn instructions in but, snap together model yeah. form. You so, know, we gave it away. Go to go, go to your forum. Go to go to Paul's forums. Right. Go to don, the Donkey Thirty Two. You don't forums. have to buy the boat. You can just Google. You can use Google on the Donkey Thirty Two forums, and you can learn everything you need to know to build both batch rockets and J tubes. If you pay attention to the instructions, you won't have to spend a dime. A dumb fuck trying to build a J tube J tube system has a fairly decent high probability that they will actually build it correctly. Oh. No, correct. <laughs> No matter how much they right. try to improve it, in quotes, um, it, along the way. You and, give and Rodan so, a piece but, of marble and you got a million but sculpture. But you, you go, watch me take the microphone into another room. <laughs> but those same people try to build a batch box and their their probability of fucking it up is, is near 100%. Right, well, they ain't sure. And then they're gonna, and if they fuck it up, whether it's a J tube or a batch box, they're gonna blame rocket mass heaters in general, and whoever wrote the fucking book, right. because of course they're perfect, and the the, the, the technology as must. As I be keep spent. saying, that is not the fault of the quality of batch rockets, nor is it the fault of the quality of J rockets. It is the fault of the user entirely. And when you try to, when you try to make something idiot. Proof, the world will make a better idiot. And so what we need to do is endeavor uh, endeavor to build a better quality of human and let the batch rockets be. But we're not going to have a better quality of human. This is all we got. If we want, I mean, this stuff changes the world. This stuff, rocket mass heaters, if it catches on, this is what solves so many of the different world's problems. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. You're, you're, talking yeah. About, you're talking about carbon loads. If... I mean, come on. Hell, how about just energy usage? Right. So I mean, most war is about energy. Let's just let's just put this all the way down to the down to the brass tacks. If you're using one tenth the wood, if you're using one tenth the wood, if you're if you're using one tenth of what you're wasting in a regular stove. Right. And you're doing it better than natural gas on a renewable fucking resource. All right, and this is the part that pisses me off. It doesn't matter how many fucking saplings you plant. It will not replace a thousand-year-old oak tree. Just fucking won't do it. That thousand-year-old oak tree has been sequestering carbon for a thousand years. Yeah, but a grassland will do us better, faster. But anyway, if you... I mean, I think that to finish his sentence, if, if your woodlot is... Is 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 sequestering more carbon than your stove is burning? Then you are carbon negative. You're actually doing the world a favor. And yeah, we could plant a coppice trees. We could right. plant a coppice grove and burn less wood than the coppice grove grows on right. a yearly basis. Yes. So so our hour and fifteen minute podcast has now gone for about two hours. I told you it would. And we're past Paul's bedtime. We're past my um, bedtime. <laughs> I think I know what I want to say about batch boxes. Yes, I want to hear you. I have a quote that I picked up this year from a firefighter, and I'm going to butcher it because I haven't looked it up to learn it properly. Um, But a good workman um, blames his success on the tools and... Sorry. um, What is it? Yes, you are boxing this. I'm sorry, yeah. So a bad workman blames the tool when things don't go right. A good workman blames the tool when things go right, and there's there's a second half of about a luck. A bad workman, if if he fails, it was bad luck. If a good workman, if he succeeds, it's due to the good tools and good good people he's got working with him, and um, and the good luck. Like like 
Good workmen don't count on luck. Bad workmen count on luck. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I did. I, I mean, thoroughly I butchered that. A great but, ending. I think that that really caps the whole thing. Is is that the problem is not the quality of the tools. The problem is the quality of the workmen. And and we need to help to to foster higher quality of workmen while also simultaneously making the tools easier to use because I've already said we have some work to do on the batch rockets to make them easier to use. We have a long ways to go on that. There's stuff to be figured out with the batch rockets. They are quality tool. I, I guess, you know, I think we all agree that if somebody's building a rocket mass heater for the first time, do not build a batch box. If you like this sort of thing. And, and it's like, and now I think I've stated, do not build a batch box until you've built 10 J tubes, and it seems like we had most of, mostly agreement with that. And 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 frankly, I I I, and I'm trying to get rocket mass heater information out to the masses as much as I can. And frankly, um, the whole concept of batch boxes probably set us back five years, in my opinion. And it's like, and it has to do with the Gilligans, and it has to do with people who don't have experience building any uh, rocket mass heaters, building batch box first. I mean, I think that's going to touch on a whole other argument again because I think that's true only and, a small subset of users. And we've got a few batch box systems here, and they are all problematic, including the one that you've made, Donkey. They're all experiments. And, and so it's like, I, I just feel like the J tubes have been our strongest win. And um, uh, I, I, I think I think there's things we could do to make the J tube even better still. We've been uh, while we're J-tubes trying to also make for 20 years. Yeah, and we they are building batch rockets for five. Well, okay, but as mass rocket mass heaters, because the J tube rocket stoves got like 10 or 20 years before the first batch rocket mass heaters were we've, built. We've been building masonry heaters and wood stoves for a couple hundred years. Yeah. We've been building fires for maybe half a million, a million, a million couple million. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's places where uh, there's lots of room for improvement, and there's there's also things that are pretty well known. And reinventing the wheel is not necessarily applicable to everything as an improvement. That's true. All right. If you like this sort of thing, because I gotta go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about rocket mass heaters and batch boxes, homesteading and batch boxes and permaculture all the time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts. Mm-hmm.